It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. One of the big themes of this episode is going to be doing things differently. And as part of that, I am doing something that I don't know if I've ever done before, which is to record two podcasts at once. For those that don't know, podcasting is a huge part of my work. I actually host or co-host five different shows. Three of them are me and my own, including the two that I'm recording for right now, which is Web3 with Whitney, and this might get uncomfortable. And I co-host two other shows, Plus, I host a private podcast called This Hits the Spot. And I needed to record for This Might Get Uncomfortable today. And I wanted to do an episode of Web3 with Whitney because it's been a little while. It's been almost a week. And I thought, you know, this topic I want to cover today is something I really want to address on both of my shows. So why not do them both? If you are listening over on This Might Get Uncomfortable you can go to WhitneyLawrenson.com slash Web3 to see the previous episodes of the Web3 show. And if you're brand new to Web3 and don't even know what that means, that's absolutely okay. My aim is not to confuse you. In fact, it's to do the very opposite. I started Web3 with Whitney to help people understand what that means. And I like to describe Web3 as the umbrella term for cryptocurrency, for NFTs, for the metaverse, for all of these things that we're moving into with our online lives. Right now, they call the stage of the internet Web 2. And generally, that refers to social media, probably e-commerce as well. A lot of the way that we communicate, the way that we share our personal lives, the way that we work professionally. And Web 3 will be this evolution towards more of a decentralized world to more ownership, to more community, hopefully. And if you are listening or watching this episode on the Web3 with Whitney side, I have my main podcast is called This Might Get Uncomfortable. And you can find all 300 plus episodes. I don't know off the top of my head which episode this is, but it's over 300. I started This Might Get Uncomfortable in December 2019. I've been releasing episodes every single week since. I do two episodes a week right now. It used to be three episodes, if you can believe it. And now it's every Monday and Friday. On Monday, which is this episode that I'm recording right now, I do an episode by myself. And then on Fridays, I have a special guest. And I just recorded with a guest a few hours ago, and she really inspired some of the topics I'm going to talk about today, too. So again, if you want to check out This Might Get Uncomfortable, if you haven't yet, it's at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. And that should be linked in the description of this episode if you want a really easy way to just click through to it. And I imagine that most people listening are going to be on one podcast or another. I don't think that there's a lot of crossover yet. And maybe that's because 
this might get uncomfortable is very focused on mental health and well-being and getting into the challenges of being a human. And Web3 with Whitney is, of course, very kind of tech-oriented and future-oriented. But what they both have in common is my personal passion for well-being. And I really want to see the two intersect more (laughs) where I haven't fully seen that yet. I've been seeing some discussions about mental health in Web3, which is really exciting. But what I think is lacking is that even in those discussions, there still seems to be a lot of fast-paced hustling. That has been my general feeling while diving into Web3. It feels like it's going so quickly. And that's also one of the reasons why I cut back from doing the daily live stream. So for those in the This Might Get Uncomfortable audience who didn't know this, at the very beginning of Web3 with Whitney, it started off as a daily video live show. And I started putting the audio-only versions of Web3 with Whitney into a podcast And that became the main place that people were consuming the show. So I'm now shifting more towards thinking of Web3 with Whitney as a podcast, not a live stream video show. But that might change. And when I first started it, I was here every single day. And then I slipped into like every other day. And now I'm starting to get into a weekly phase with this. And I think the reason that I reduced it is because I was starting to feel burnt out and that's not how I want to feel. And that's not what I want to encourage anybody to feel. Web3 has felt overwhelming and chaotic to me. And I think a lot of people feel that way. One of my big inspirations for starting Web3 with Whitney was to have this down to earth, relaxed, balanced, beginner's angle to this because so many of my friends and family members seem very confused by it all. They don't really understand cryptocurrency or NFTs, and I wanted to be able to better talk about it. I think there's so many misconceptions around those specifically. I'm also hearing a lot about the metaverse and the concerns there and the misconceptions there. I will say that I feel very positive about all three of those things. I I think that there are a lot of good things happening with cryptocurrency, great use cases there. We are seeing some developments right now in real time due to what's happening in the Ukraine. I feel a little ignorant on exactly how all that's working. So I can't say that it's all great, but I think that it's showing some opportunities there in terms of the government getting involved with things and what does it mean to be decentralized? That is still something I'm really learning and I feel confused by that. So if you do too, you're not alone. Uh, NFTs feel a little less confusing to me. And it's kind of funny because I feel like if you're not in the NFT world right now, it's like very daunting. And people might think that It's either too complicated for them or they don't trust it. I've talked a lot about this in past episodes. So if you haven't listened yet, there's a few on the WhitneyLortzen.com slash Web3 website where you can go back and and hear me talk about NFTs. I especially enjoyed doing the one about whether or not NFTs are a pyramid scheme (laughs) because I I dove deep into those ideas and, and looked at some comparisons there. And I've held those ideas with me as I've reflected on NFTs. And 
I generally have a very positive outlook on it. I see a lot of cool things happening. I see artists getting fairly compensated. I see people making money that haven't had the ability to make money or the resources to make money that were struggling. There's a lot of things like that make it feel really promising. But what I also see is a lot of that hustling. I see a lot of the hype. I see a lot of the exclusion, even though cryptocurrency and NFTs kind of position themselves as being very inclusive. I definitely see major examples of exclusivity. And that is a big concern to me. NFTs, for example, have a lot of pressure involved. People are concerned around what used to be referred to and still is to an extent called whitelisting. Although some people had brought up that the term whitelisting was not very in alignment with kind of, I don't even know, how do I phrase this? There was racist connotations to that terminology. And I can't remember what that term has been or is trying to be replaced with. But whatever that is, the idea behind it was, or is, I should say, getting people to take a lot of actions in order to get exclusive access to an NFT before it launches to the public or exclusive access to certain elements of the NFT's utility. And a common example of that is you can get access to the Discord server and you're in like a special, I forget what they call it. I'm going to say section, but like it's a branch of the Discord server. And if you're brand new to Discord servers, think of them like a Facebook group. And within that Discord server, you could be part of like a special section. It's kind of like a virtual VIP room if you did all the steps involved with the what was formerly known as whitelisting. And that to me, that hustling, that pushing people to like spend a ton of time and effort to get in, you know, to be first, to be exclusive, to be special. I have some issues with that. I don't think that that is inclusive. I think that is an old way of thinking. So as I said at the very beginning of this episode, I'm really looking for how can we do things differently? How can we improve upon the current systems that we have? That is the appeal of Web3 to me. If we are going to transition into a new way of living and thinking and operating and communicating and making money we have to leave behind some of those old things. And if we are to be inclusive, truly inclusive, then why would we be offering all of these kind of like VIP, first people rewarded type of things? Like I I just think that's an old mentality. And one of the reasons that it strikes me especially frustrating is that I don't resonate anymore with hustling. I think hustling is something that we should try to leave behind. I don't know if we can. I don't know if that's baked into us as human beings, this desire to conquer. But there's a lot of masculine, for lack of a better word, I'm really trying to use this word mindfully, but I'm just going to say for now until I find a better phrasing, masculine energy. And I mentioned that I recorded with a guest for This Might Get Uncomfortable a few hours ago. Her name's Diana. Her episode comes out on March 18th. And we talked a lot about the shifts that she would like to see with sports coaches and corporations, team leadership, teachers, in terms of supporting people as individuals 
and acknowledging how people work differently and have different needs than one another. Noticing the differences between genders and also the similarities between the genders. There are times where it may make sense to accommodate someone based on their gender. There are times where we should overlook somebody's agenda and and maybe be more non-binary in our our treatment of people and not treating them a certain way because of how we perceive them, right? And how that could actually benefit corporations, businesses, schools, and our personal lives, plus also sports, in that when we focus on these individuals and where their strengths are, where their weaknesses and what their needs are, as opposed to seeing everybody as the same or seeing some people as less than because they don't fit into a box. They don't fit the quote mold. If we can shift our thinking and really take it person by person to the best of our abilities, it actually strengthens our ability to work as a team. It strengthens the sense of community that a lot of people are after. And that requires us to be very flexible that, inquire, that requires us to slow down too. And this is part of the issue I see with hustle culture and a big issue that I've seen in Web3 thus far. I see a lot of this quote, again, I'm trying, I really wish I had an alternative for this phrase, but that masculine energy. And the reason I want an alternative is that I, I don't want to, again, put people in boxes. And I think when we call someone masculine or feminine, it is like, a very binary way of thinking. And it's very limited, right? So if you have another phrase, please let me know. I actually tried to research it quickly, but I didn't have enough time to dig in and didn't quickly find resources. I did find this phrase called gender role transcendence, which is the view that individual competence should be conceptualized on a personal basis rather than on the basis of masculinity, femininity, or androgyny. And I like that. That's what I I strive to go after. But what I personally view as masculine is a lot of this machismo, I guess, a lot of this power and dominance and competition and fighting and more like focused on I versus we. And it feels hard. It feels intense. That is something I'm finding more and more in my life I don't really enjoy. I try to embody more of that perceived masculinity within myself for so long. I got very involved with hustle culture because I thought I had to be that way. I thought in order to be successful, I had to constantly be working, which meant disregarding my self-care, not prioritizing it. It meant that sacrificing my rest, my sleep, um, not taking care of what I was eating, not drinking enough water, not not just honoring my basic needs as a human being. I thought I had to put those things further down the priority list in order to be successful. And I think that that is one way of doing business that feels toxic. Um, and I also try to use the word toxic very mindfully. I'm not even a big fan of that term, but it it's that feeling of it's wearing away at our humanity. That's what I mean by toxic. It is not good for us. So if if we really get to the core of what toxic means, it means that it's could cause us a quicker death than we're actually uh, meant to have. 
And I think when we wear ourselves to the bone by hustling and working and striving, 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 it reduces our longevity. And my aim is to live a very long life. I want to feel at peace. I want to feel balanced. I want to feel good in my body. I don't want to sacrifice my body just for my ego, for my mind. If in order to be financially successful, I have to cut out all of the things that make me thrive as a human being, that's not worth it to me. So I've slowed down. I've learned to slow down a lot. And speaking of slowing down, I want to pause for a second to acknowledge Raul and Jafar who commented. Thank you, Raul. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. Said, agreed. That's so toxic. Glad you're in a better place. Thank you. Me too. And Raul also said, it just affects our mental health at the end of the day. Absolutely. And Jafar, thank you for being here. He he posted a bunch of cute little happy emojis. Thank you for that. They're watching from YouTube. And actually, I'm glad that you two are here because one thing I've been really trying to think about is how do we encourage people regardless of their gender, but also regardless of their current mental state? How do we encourage people to slow down and prioritize their self-care? How do we help people untether themselves from all of these ideas that we have to constantly strive, strive, strive? And so... When I observe that happening in Web3, I get very turned off. And that comes back around to why I slowed down with the Web3 with Whitney show. I was doing it daily and actually didn't feel that hard to me. But what felt challenging was trying to like prepare for things and do my research and like get, you know, ready to be on camera and the energy it takes to show up and all of that. It's a lot. And I'm capable of it. But sometimes it doesn't fit into the flow of my day. So I started to take a step back. That's what brought me into the every other day and now the weekly form of it. And I'm trying to find my rhythm. And that's generally how I try to approach work is like not getting into this idea of the way it should be, right? So some people would think, oh, if you did a podcast every other day or every day, if you live streaming every day, like you're going to be more successful faster. There's this big mentality around that, especially in social media. So for those that don't know this, I've been working in social media, not just as a creator, like you're consuming me right now, uh, but as an advisor, as a strategist, as a consultant, I've been doing that for about 12 years now. And I've had a lot of different clients, a lot of different perspectives, and I'm constantly educating myself. And there's this current, there's this ongoing, I should say, idea that you have to constantly be creating, 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 always putting out social media posts. Now on platforms like TikTok, there's this idea that you need to put out a TikTok video every single day, maybe multiple times a day. And I see these creators burning themselves out. And it's generally known that creating that much content will burn you out. It's almost a fact. I don't think it's literally a fact, but it's almost a fact in that there are so many case studies of people getting burnt out because they feel like they have to be constantly on that, is it a hamster wheel, (laughs) on that grind. And I'm seeing that manifest so much in Web3. I wonder if it's one of two things. One is I wonder if whenever money is involved, Whenever finances are, quote, at stake, people feel like they have to rush, they have to be first, they have to be quick, they have to be on top of things, they have to go, go, go. 
And that to me is falling back into a lot of these older masculine perspectives on things that, that just that grind. And it goes back to like a lot of our old ways of doing things. But I'm seeing women do this too. This is what I mean. It's not really a gender issue. It's just something I, I personally associate with masculinity because it seems like a lot of men have embodied that. And that women, myself included, especially in the past, felt like we had to embody that masculinity as well in order to succeed. And since there is so much money tied into Web3 right now, whether it's cryptocurrency or NFTs, and of course, the metaverse to an extent as well, there's this idea that in order to earn the money, you have to be in that masculine state of earning. That hustle, that grind, that push yourself constantly in order to even maybe even deserve it. And so it's an opportunity to step back and say, do I have to work really hard to deserve money? Do I have to work really hard to earn it? And I have to say, the answer is not always yes to that. We have a lot of misconceptions about what laziness means. In fact, one of my favorite resources that I will include in the record video recording as well as the podcast version. In fact, for those of you who are listening on the Web3 with Whitney side of it, one thing I love about this might get uncomfortable is I have a team that supports me with that show. Web3 with Whitney is like a very independent guerrilla style, as they say in filmmaking, <laughs> you know, what you see is what you get video and podcast, but this might get uncomfortable. I have a team of people and they create not only an edited version of the audio, but they also have show notes. So if you haven't been over to the website for that, which again is wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com, there's a full transcript of this with all the resources. And one of the resources I'm going to include in there is for Celeste Headley's book, Do Nothing. She was a guest on my show, which is a huge honor because I'm a big fan of her work. And in that book, she talks about all the history behind some of these things I'm talking about here, especially our addiction to efficiency and productivity, our misconceptions around laziness, and how we actually started to view work as honorable and pure. There are even religious roots to some of these mentalities we have around laziness. And I think that we've started to become very confused. Some people even believe that self-care is lazy, that if you take time for yourself, you're not working hard enough. If you take time for yourself, you're missing out on opportunities. And the way that I see this manifest is on platforms like Twitter and Discord, which are two of the major places that Web3 is unfolding this time, I see people on there nonstop, posting nonstop. They're in Twitter spaces, which is kind of like Clubhouse, live audio, nonstop. They're on Discord all of the time. I've mentioned before how Discord feels so chaotic to me. Even thinking about it gives me anxiety. It started to lose value to me because there's too much going on. It's so overwhelming. It's information overload. How can you possibly learn? And more importantly, how can you connect with people through all that, con that chaos? And realizing all of this has helped me step back to examine the role that I want to take in Web3. 
there's no doubt in my mind right now that Web3 is going to be a huge part of my work. Just as I think Web3 is going to be part of all of our lives. It's, it's, it's undeniable at this point. Even if you're feeling skeptical and scared and frustrated with the current phases of cryptocurrency and NFTs in the metaverse, and there are certainly drawbacks to them, but there are drawbacks to where we're at right now with Web2 and social media, right? I don't think it's going to be that different. We're just going to go into this new phase of the internet. And given that that's inevitable, in my opinion, we have to start thinking about what role we want to play, whether it's on a personal or professional level. How do we want to engage or disengage from all of this? And I think it's crucial that we think about this right now before Web3 has fully kind of evolved and taken shape and taken over what is currently Web2. We have to examine like, how do we want to go about life? Do we want to partake in the chaos? Because we don't have to. We can certainly step back and do it in our own way, on our own terms. We can set boundaries. And I actually think those boundaries are super valuable to us right now. This is not a Web3 issue. This is just something I'm seeing in Web3. This issue is already happening with social media. In fact, in about an hour from the recording right now, right now it's 4.37 p.m. Pacific time on Friday, March 4th, the sun goes down in just over an hour in Los Angeles, where I'm based. And I'm going to be shutting off my computer and my phone and my iPad, maybe even my Oculus. <laughs> As a side note, I say that because I am in love with the Oculus. I mentioned this on the previous episode of Web3 with Whitney. My friend let me borrow his Oculus. And I have been using it to work out. And it is my new favorite form of movement. And it's actually deeply contributing to my well-being. So I usually do a 30-minute minimum workout class in kind of the metaverse. It's like a virtual workout studio. And it is like the exhilarating experience for me. So given that I only have about an hour left before I shut down all my devices, I'm like contemplating if the Oculus counts, but it does. The reason I'm doing that is because there's something called the National Day of Unplugging happening. I have, it's an annual thing on March 4th and 5th of 2022. It's from sundown to sundown. So sundown today, Friday, shutting everything down and doing my best not to use technology until sundown tomorrow, Saturday, the 5th. And that's going to feel like a big challenge because I'm used to being on Twitter. I'm used to checking my email. I'm used to browsing through TikTok. I'm used to using the Oculus now. Like I have shaped so much of my life through this technology. But the reason I'm participating in the National Day of Unplugging is because I don't want to be fully used to that. I don't want to be dependent on technology. I don't want to be caught up in this grind and the comparison trap that can come along with spending so much time on social media. (laughs) And Raul just asked, I have to acknowledge this, um, if I am using the Beat Saber app in the Oculus. Yes, I have. I've only done the demo of it. It's awesome. I've thought about buying it. I think it's $30 to buy it. And I'm like, eh. Um, since I'm borrowing my friend's Oculus, I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to get my own yet, but I love the app called Supernatural. It is also, I don't know if you've tried that, but Supernatural actually combines some of the Beat Saber elements and both apps for people that don't know how this is. 
you hold these controllers with the Oculus and the apps kind of vibrate as you hit these virtual objects. So there's boxing. I love the boxing workouts. And I also love this like saber, I guess is the term. They're like batons that you can use and you feel like you're hitting them because of the way the controllers of the Oculus vibrate in your hands. And I mentioned this on on the previous episode of Web3 with Whitney, but just in summary, especially for the this might get uncomfortable listeners, that to me is part of the excitement of Web3 is that doing a virtual class where it has gamification in it, where I feel like I'm like beating a score and Supernatural is really cool because it's it's literally puts you in, in parts of the world. Every workout class is in a different setting outdoors and it has incredible music and like sound effects and it's incredible. And I love that about VR. But to the point of the National Day of Unplugging, I probably should go out and spend some actual time in nature. And to be honest, I don't do that often. I sit here at my desk. I record a lot of podcasts and videos. I'm typing away, doing work. Like the fact that I meet my Apple Watch goal of standing up 12 times a day is, is, I don't even know how I do it. And that's kind of sad, right? And then I spend a few hours a night watching TV or a movie or something to decompress, sitting around watching TikTok. Like that's not true well being. Let's be honest about it. I try to justify all of that stuff, but is that really what's best for taking care of myself? So going back to Web3, I'm concerned that of a couple of things. One is that Web3 is encouraging so much technology use. Web3 as a whole feels so new and exciting that and people want to jump in and be first or be amongst the first. People want to do, get the cash grabs. They want to be part of the hype. There's so much encouragement to be constantly of, involved with things and doing all of this work that's striving. There's also constant state of FOMO right now that I'm observing in Web3, which is like, you have to stay on top of it. You have to check Twitter constantly. You can't miss it. You can't leave. If you do, there's you're going to miss something. You're not going to get in on it. I felt a lot of this on Clubhouse when I was involved with that in 2021. I still do a little clubhouse, but not nearly what I used to do. I barely stepped away from my phone during the time that I was deeply involved in clubhouse because I had so much FOMO because I was afraid that I did, if I didn't listen to every room, I would miss key pieces of information. I wouldn't get to network with someone. I would miss opportunities to build my following. Just like I'm saying this, all of these ideas that people have about social media of like, go, 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 create, 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 network, network, network. There's just that bombardment. And these platforms like Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, they're benefiting financially off of us spending that much time on there. And in Web3, which is supposedly different, I don't know if it's going to be that different because if people are so dependent on platforms like Twitter and Discord, they're going to carry all of that into Web3. And a lot of the things that feel appealing about Web3 is about moving away from those old structures of some person creating technology and benefiting off of all the users, you know, like the privacy issues that we've had and people selling their data or their time, they're trading their time for success and money. And I think when we step away and unplug, like I'm going to do tonight, we realize that there's so much more to life than all of that. 
my big aim is to find the balance because I love technology. I like using my iPhone and making videos and recording and chatting with people. All of that's really fun. It triggers my creativity. It, it allows me to connect with people. I love to learn. One of the hardest things about this 24-hour period of unplugging for me is that I won't be able to use my iPad to read. I'm going to have to pull some books, some physical copies of books off my shelf to read. And that'll probably be one of the main ways I spend my time. And what's concerning to me is that I don't even know how I'm going to spend the next 24 hours without technology. That is a red flag. I would ask the same of you. Even if you're not going to participate in the National Day of Unplugging, you could do your own experiment. And I want to know, what would you do without it? What do you do when your iPhone or your whatever phone you use? I should assume it's an iPhone. What do you do when your phone dies unexpectedly? You know that feeling of like, like complete loss, like you feel almost cut off from the world. That's how I feel. Or panicked, like, how am I going to get directions? Where, how do I know where to go with my car if I, if I don't have the GPS? What if somebody needs to reach me by telephone? You know, like that constant connection we have that when we take, turn it off, when, we, when it's taken away from us, many of us don't even know what to do. How do we fill our time if we're not checking our email and watching YouTube videos and TikToks and Netflix? What is that like? We have to be very purposeful about setting ourselves up for in-person, real-life connection offline. That is the big aim of the National Day of Unplugging. And I'm very curious. I'm, I'm definitely going to do some podcasts about my experience. I don't know if it'll be on both This Might Get Uncomfortable and Web3 with Whitney. Maybe I'll do another crossover follow-up <laughs> this weekend. But speaking of the weekend, another thing that I'm really working on right now is to not work. And that's been really tough. I have been so used, especially when I started working freelance and stopped all of my nine to five jobs, which was 12 years ago. I've been mainly working for myself, taking in clients uh, and various gigs. And I became very accustomed to working every single day of the week. I became used to not taking the weekends off and barely taking vacations. It is incredibly hard for me to take time off ever, anytime. It is, I am someone that will take maybe a few hours during the day to step away from my computer, but I'll still have my phone with me. I'll still be checking social media and emails. That's not something I want to carry with me much longer. And part of the step I'm taking is is not allowing myself to schedule tasks during the weekend. I'm not taking meetings on the weekends anymore. I'm really limiting as much as possible. And I've noticed by the limitation where I kind of have this addiction to always working and I still have some of that hustle culture still embedded within me. And I just don't think that that's healthy in the long run. I've also noticed my sleep disturbed. I have so much stress I, I talked about a, a few episodes ago, and this might get uncomfortable, my sleep disorder. If you're curious about that, I would recommend going to listen to that because <laughs> I laugh. It's, it's kind of embarrassing at times. I sleepwalk and I talk in my sleep. And a lot of the my instant instances, 
that's not the right term. A lot of my episodes, as we're looking for, sleepwalking are triggered by stress. They're triggered by me feeling like I need to do something constantly. I have so much anxiety and tension around me that even when I sleep, I'm concerned I'm not doing enough. So I'm not able to get quality sleep and qual- and lack of sleep or lack of quality sleep has a major ripple effect on our health. It also impacts our focus. So if I give myself a small window of time to work, I want to be on top of my game at that time. But if I'm not sleeping well, if I'm not eating well, if I'm stressed and anxious, I'm not going to do my best work during the short time that I have to work. So all of this has, it's kind of a holistic viewpoint. And that's, I guess, my big point here is that I think each of us could benefit from stepping back and examining how we are interacting and with all this technology. And I believe it's very possible, but it needs to be encouraged more. I'm, I'm not seeing it enough. It's ironic that I'm talking about this online, that you have to be on your phone or your computer or some sort of device to even see or hear me talking about these things. It's ironic that is, is I don't even know if ironic is the best word, but I think it is. <laughs> it's interesting also that a lot of the mental health conversations I'm seeing in Web3 are happening online because that's where we go to, to learn. But by being online all the time and learning all the time, we don't even give ourselves a break to absorb and practice what we're learning. We have to step away from it in order to implement it. If we think that we're embodying mental health by always being online, it's not really mental health, in my opinion, because one of the key pillars of mental health is self-care. And if you're spending all your time caring about other people, are you really prioritizing your self-care? If you're spending all of your time hustling and consuming, are you spending enough time resting and relaxing and not consuming, not hustling. We really have to create more containers and it requires more and more intention. And I think this is what's going to be required of us in Web3 is being very intentional, intentional about not just hustling and time, but also intentional to not compare, to not always believe the hype intentional about our security and our privacy, which have been big concerns, intentional about spending time in real nature just as much as we may spend time in virtual nature, intentional about how we feel and why we feel that way, and also very intentional about community. Community is a huge word right now for me, but also for Web3. And my concern is that community is now becoming capitalized, if that's capitalized a term, meaning that it's being taken over by people looking for ways to make money from community. And I'm not excluded from this, to be honest. I've been working on a project called Beyond Measure for about two years, and it's costing me money. I've never made money from it. And I've thought about charging people to be members of this community. But I feel conflicted about that because I don't know if community should be charged for I think that a lot of people will convince you that you should pay for community. We pay to go to conferences. We pay to be in private memberships, right? Sometimes we don't just pay financially. We pay 
with our time. So just like I was talking about with getting in the VIP rooms of a Discord server, you may have to spend a ton of time completing all the tasks that they require of you in order to join. You're only allowed in if you give them your time. Is that really something you're willing to give up? Because time is a limited resource. We don't get more of it. We only have a certain amount of time. We don't even know how much time any of us really have on this planet. Why are we giving it away to other people? And should we really have to give away our time and or our money to be part of a community when deep down what we want is to connect? We want to be seen and understood. We want to belong. We want to be with like-minded people. So I've really been observing that. And I don't have the answers yet, but I'm concerned that community being that we all want that so badly is going to be a bit corrupted. So I'm trying to be very cautious and mindful of even how I use the word community, what communities I join. I don't want to be part of chaotic communities. What I really want and what I also want to offer is connection. I want to feel cared for. I want to feel understood. I want to feel equal. I want to feel heard and seen. I want to give everybody that same thing. I want them to feel heard and seen by me. I want them to feel connected with me. I don't want them to feel like they're of, you know, in a crowd, right? What I'm hoping for is small, intimate connection where everybody feels truly valued not just one of many. And I think that that's something I really hope to leave behind in the transition from Web 2 to Web 3 is seeing people as just a number. The whole concept of beyond measure, the community I created two years ago, is that I believe everybody's beyond measure. They're not just a number. And that means a lot of different things. Seeing beyond their age, seeing beyond their gender, their race, seeing beyond their weight, their body size, seeing beyond how much money they make, people are so much more valuable than those numbers. We spend so much time focused on numbers, how many followers someone has, how much money they make, how old they are, how much they weigh. Like I said, all of those things that seem to be valued in our society, but deep down inside, everybody is so much more valuable than any of those numerical measurements. So That's what I'm striving for. And I think that I'm going to need to be a bigger advocate of that in Web3, more than I thought initially. I think I was hoping that we would be leaving behind a lot of that, but I'm not seeing that yet. I'm still seeing a lot of focus on numbers and not as much on connection. So I'm going to wrap up there so I can go wrap up my day and prepare to unplug. Thank you so much for listening, watching, being here live or recorded. I just want you to know that I'm here for you truly. I'm easy to reach. I do struggle with responding quickly. It generally takes me a few days to a week, sometimes more to reply, but I absolutely love receiving emails and direct messages on whatever platform I'm easy to find under at Whitlauritsen, W-H-I-T-L-A-U-R-I-T-S-E-N. You can easily find my contact information at both wellevator.com as well as whitneylauritsen.com. I'm 
accessible. I'm intentionally accessible. And in fact, over at WhitneyLauritsen.com at the top of the screen in the menu section is a link to Beyond Measure. And if you want to be part of an intentional, inclusive, heart-centered community, after everything I shared, you're welcome in. It is open to the public. It is free. It is my one of my greatest sources of joy because it's all about connecting. And it's taught me a lot. And it's helped me stay very grounded in this digital world. So thank you to Raul and uh, Jafar for being part of the live conversation today. I will be back soon. As I mentioned, this might get uncomfortable, has a new episode every Monday and Friday. If you haven't listened yet, you can find it at wellevator.com or just go search for this might get uncomfortable. It's on all the major podcast platforms. Web3 with Whitney is a little different. So if you're not listening to there yet, WhitneyLauritsen.com slash Web3 is the best, easiest place to find it because the podcast is currently private, although I may change that. What that means is it's not on all the platforms. It's on Spotify and it's listed as like a paid podcast, but it's not paid. You just need an access code and the access code you can get by subscribing over at WhitneyLauritsen.com. And it might sound like a hurdle. The easiest way to listen is directly on the website. There's an embedded podcast player you can listen right there. But if you do subscribe to Web3 with Whitney, I will send you some free cryptocurrency. If you have not heard me talk about this yet, I joined a platform called Rally and created a social token called the WellCoin. And all in this ethos that I've discussed today about well-being and balance and intentional living and work. And I like to gift it to people. So usually... A few times a month, I send out free WellCoin to people, and uh, you can actually convert that into fiat currency, U.S. dollars, if you would like. You can convert it to Ethereum, whatever else. Rally, I think, is an amazing platform, and it's really been a, a big gateway for me into the Web3 world. So to thank you for participating, for listening, to being part of this intentional Web3 space, love to send you some and can find more information at whitneylauritsen.com slash web3. That is it for today. Thank you so much again. I hope to connect with you truly. And if not, I'll be back with another episode for you to just consume. And <laughs> I, what was the term I was going to use? Be not a bystander. Some people just don't like to participate and that's okay too. As much as I would love to connect with you, I absolutely respect you if you're someone who just likes to observe. That was a term I was looking for. So thanks for being here. I'll be back with more episodes of both podcasts very soon. And until then, I'm wishing you all the very best with your own journey through Web3 and well-being. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to Wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.